Hi there, my name is Maddie Miles, integrative health practitioner, female hormone expert, and founder of Peace Love Hormones. Our mission is to educate and empower menstruators to take back control of their menstrual health through education and through top quality functional supplements. And welcome to our amazing podcast show where we will uncover why your health may be struggling and how to heal your hormones and optimize the health of your entire body naturally. Now let's get to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast episode. This is the Peace Love Hormones podcast. It is me, your host, Maddie Miles, and founder of Peace Love Hormones. And again, I have my amazing partner and king, Braxton Manley, on today's podcast. Hello, hello, PLH Nation. We are going to be chatting about alternative birth control methods so natural we'll even get into the unnatural ones such as the pill and the iud but before i do that as i always do i would love to showcase one of your reviews and your deep breathing right now braxton which reminds me let's all take a collective deep breath together breathe in to the count of four hold at the top for two exhale out your nose to the count of four Okay, I hope everyone's feeling conscious and grounded because there's no better way to live life than being grounded and conscious. So, ah, there's so many incredible reviews, but I'm going to go with Jess today. And she wrote, amazing. I'm amazed. I've been on the supplement about two months and I'm on it for period cramps. I just got my second period being on it and have zero cramps. It's a completely different period. Highly recommend. Thanks so much, Maddie, for all the resources and help. It means the world. Thank you, Jess, for that very sweet uh, review. Thank you to everyone who has sent me a message on Instagram, put a review up on the website or on the podcast. Oh, and I do, that brings me to my next point. Please, if you're listening to this podcast, give us a rating and a review and a like or subscribe whatever whatever you can do everything means the world a lot of these bigger podcasts are funded and your girl is not funded by anyone i don't have any ads on my podcast either um it is all purely just me giving you information helpful information to make sure that you are the healthiest and happiest Hey queen, if you're struggling with some monthly PMS, then it sounds like your hormones need some lovin'. And as you know, I am the founder of Soothe, an all-natural herbal supplement that I want to give you a special discount code on because I'm so grateful for you listening to my podcast. So use code all lowercase podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, on your purchase of Soothe. I will also link it up in the show notes so you guys can just head over there, click the link, be led to the Peace Love Hormones website, and make sure that you're using the right code to save you some moolah. Okay, now let's get back to the episode. Love you. So with that being said, let me get out my notes, which I've spent the last two days compiling together my notes for you all so that we can talk about alternative methods for 
birth control. And we'll also talk about the more mainstream methods such as the IUD and we'll talk about hormonal birth control. And also let me preface with, I will dive into each of these methods even deeper on separate podcast episodes. I'm really trying to keep these podcast episodes to about 30 minutes or so because I know that we all have busy lives and we have things to do. That being said, nothing is more important than our health, but I'm going to try to keep this as condensed as I possibly can while still giving you guys the absolute best information and all the information that you need to know to get you started. Again, like I said, there will be separate podcast episodes diving into each one a little bit deeper. And on top of that, I will be launching a community very soon on Mighty Networks. It'll be my own community. You'll get exclusive content there. Three to five times a week, I'll be posting recipes, exclusive content, longer versions of podcasts, and it'll just be an, an entire community. You'll be able to post, you'll be able to comment. Think of it as a social media but just for this type of content so that is what is needed in this world so before I start off let me just say there is no perfect birth control there's no such thing I know everyone has their two cents about what you should do even myself I'm a huge advocate of the fertility awareness method and cycle tracking however I know that there's no such thing as perfect birth control so it's really just whatever is best for you and whatever is best for you is going to change throughout your life as well so that is something important to always keep in mind but always it is your choice and make sure that again you are tuning out everyone else's opinions, your doctor's opinions, your friend's opinions, your family's opinions, even your partner's, and we're really just going into your own body and asking it, what do you need right now? What do you feel comfortable with? Because there are some key factors that we should consider when it comes to choosing our hormonal, or excuse me, when it comes to, well, I guess if you want to choose hormonal birth control, but when it comes to choosing birth control in general. And so these factors are effectiveness, safety, convenience, comfort, cost, personal risk factors, and your needs and goals. All of these are incredibly personal. Like, are you, when I say risk factors, for example, you know, if you were to get pregnant, would it be incredibly life-altering? I know always bringing a baby into this world, a human is life-altering, but would you be able to do it? Are you in a committed partnership? Are you married? Are you ready, like financially, emotionally? Maybe it's not your first priority right now to have a child but if it were to happen it wouldn't be the end of the world versus let's say you are in college and it would be an incredibly big deal if you were to get pregnant um, and it would totally change the trajectory of your life so always weighing out like the pros and cons and the risk when it comes to specific forms of birth uh, birth control and also what are your risks when it comes to pregnancy. So that's always something really important and I really recommend that everyone just kind of go and take some time to their self and get their journal and really journal like what is like what are my goals with um, birth control. So let's talk about number one. We'll talk about condoms and this is really why I wanted Braxton to come on because there has been this narrative that has been fed to women and maybe even men as well. I'd love to hear Braxton's thoughts on this, but that there is something wrong with condoms and that, you know, they're terrible to wear, they ruin sex and all this stuff. And so I'm a, you know, a huge believer and practicer of, you know, 
everything gets passed down in utero and as human beings we are energy and we are frequencies so if your mother let's say was fed this narrative you know that she needed to perform a certain way be a certain way for her male partner and you know she needed to be on birth control so that he could be comfortable without a condom and you know always just servicing the male partner that gets passed down in utero so you know whether or not you've had an unsupportive partner yourself you could still feel resistance and maybe even discomfort around talking to your male partner about them wearing a condom and that's why i really wanted to bring braxton on is because we do wear condoms and it has never been something that he has made me feel bad about it's never been something that we've like looked down upon either it's a very you know crucial part to the fertility awareness method because when you are tracking your cycle you know that there is that ovulation and fertile window of anywhere from five to seven days so you are either completely abstaining from you know penetrative unprotective penetrative intercourse or you're wearing condoms or some type of barrier method there are female condoms i did not plan on getting into that today i do have a whole separate podcast episode on other alternative birth control methods and i do get into like the diaphragm and the cervical cap in that episode it's not something that i have ever used myself because i just don't want to (laughs) so i honestly can't speak from you know firsthand experience of what those are like so instead i'm kind of sticking with you know the main forms of birth control and ones that I have used myself. So condoms, let's get into it. So they're obviously non-hormonal and they are highly effective when used properly. They are 98% effective at preventing pregnancy with perfect use, but it's more like 85% as Planned Parenthood suggests um, because of condom failure and misuse. So this is where it's super important that you are making sure that your partner is wearing a good brand, number one, when it comes to condoms, but also that it fits them properly. So making sure that it's not too big, it's not too small. Also making sure that you're putting the condom on correctly, making sure that there's space at the tip, therefore it doesn't burst and bulge open upon climax. And, you know, it also prevents against STIs and HIV. And I do want to emphasize, though, that it does not protect against genital ulcers or, you know, anything of that sort that is passed through skin and mucosal contact. So that would also be herpes and HPV and syphilis. And so I just, you know, a side note on that, make sure that you're getting tested regular, especially between partners, and that you're always having a very open line of communication with your partner. Again, it's one of those things that I feel like has just been uncomfortable for us all to talk about, but it's something really, really important. So making sure that you're talking about that. And I would love to bring you in on this, though, and talk about what your experience has been with condoms. And you can also tell people what our favorite brands of condoms are. Um, But yeah, like, did you, was it like a narrative going around within like the boys, like your, your boys growing up of like, oh, condoms suck. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like, why? Where did that come from? I don't know. I mean, of course, like there, like you said, there, there is no perfect form. So like there is something about wearing one that changes it a little bit, but at the same time, it's still great and can be great. And so, yeah, like I wanted to emphasize what you said, which is the fit and the quality of it really can make it next to the same, the, the, you know, the, the raw thing, I guess. Right. And then of course, feeling safe afterward, knowing that you are having 
protected sex is a way better feeling than like maybe some of the anxiety or shame that could come with like, oh shit, what did we just do? Right. And then, I mean, at the end of the day, it is on the female because we would be the one who, you know, successfully conceives and therefore is, you know, nourishing an embryo and pregnant. And so it does fall on us. And that's why I believe that birth control has historically fallen on females, even though it's 50-50 here and depends on who you're talking to. But considering that, you know, men, given everything is healthy, they are fertile all the time. And women, we have a fertile window. So it's like, yeah, you sacrifice a little bit of that, you know, raw raw contact for like just that that satisfaction that security of knowing like okay we didn't you know you didn't finish inside of me there's no chance we're getting pregnant here and i'm not on hormonal birth control and sex is better when you're not on hormonal contraceptive so it's really a win-win all around you know going back to yeah i think we can keep referencing the initial mantra of today's um episode that there is no form perfect form of birth control so Mm -hmm. it's really just whatever works but we love lola we love sustain mod where i think we still kind of are experimenting with do you like the fit of mod yeah but i think lola's the best i think lola i really love sustain too sustain is great it's great for the environment it's great for you make sure that you're not using condoms with any like sketchy lube or anything like that because we have our own microbiome for our vagina and so anything that's going in there also on that note making sure that your partner is clean beforehand making sure that his pp is clean because it's going in there and so no need to douche or do anything like that. Um, our vaginas are self-cleaning. They're incredible in so many ways, but they are self-cleaning as well. So don't shove anything else up there that you need to. That's been such a huge marketing scheme in the industry of like, buy like, I'm trying to think of this one brand. I can see it. I can picture it. It's pink and it comes in these really pretty bottles. But I remember my girlfriends and I in high school all got them and we got like the wipes and everything. And it gave me like a yeast infection. And I was like, whoa, why is it doing this to me? And you know, years and years later, this is now my life. I live and breathe <laughs> vaginas and menstrual cycles. And I'm like, oh, well that's why. Um, so yeah, I guess some of the downsides to condoms are, you know, commonly complained downsides would be the comfort, sensation, a little bit, you know, of sensation lost. Uh, there can be lubricants on the condoms and just the condoms themselves that are toxic and can impact our vaginal environment. Um, so, of course, making sure that you're buying the right ones. And, you know, some people do complain that it does take away some of the spontaneity of having sex, but I would disagree with that because I feel like when you and I, we like get into like the moment and we're like going at it and we're like, you know, so in the present moment. And then like, I don't know how long into it, but you know, especially if I'm, if I'm in my fertile window, then we have that like moment where we're like, oh snap, where's the condom? And it's like, a split second really yeah. in the whole grand scheme of the whole event um and also we talked about this on our last podcast episode together braxton and i did but sex does not have to be penetrative like sex is so many things and i would love for everyone to explore on their own and then with their partner if they're also in a partnership uh, like what is on our menu for sex so is that like is it sexting is it just like 
you know, being naked, skin to skin contact and just holding each other? Is it playing with some toys? And like, we have like hands and feet (laughs) and mouths and toys and all these things to play with. It doesn't need to just be like, oh, like he's in the mood, like slap a condom on and like stick your dick inside of me. Like (laughs) it can be a lot more fun and it should be like sex is so many things. Um, You can also like make that moment where you're getting it, putting it on kind of sexy because there's like this um, sort of, you're building that like tension of like, you know, like how do you explain that? You know, that feeling of like, it's an exciting like, thing. It's coming. Yeah. But first we got to put this on you. Right. Yeah. And, and also, yeah, I'll say this, but like the loss of sensation, it's like, it doesn't really bother me because at the end of the day, like sex is or like, I feel like where I'm at now, it's like such a bigger thing than just like the sensation that my dick feels like it's like entering this portal of like, you know, like, t- like time dissolves and it just like, we're like merging as like one. And it's just like this whole crazy thing like goes so much beyond like my pp feels good right at the end of the day like that's like it's such a small part of the whole event yeah Mm -hmm. and also it still feels great like that's what i don't understand either is like i sometimes i forget i'm wearing it you know so anyway did everyone hear that it still feels great so if you're with a partner who's giving you crap about it then it's time to sit them down and give them a talking to or just Find a new partner that's more supportive because they're out there. Braxton is a shining <laughs> example of that. Okay, my people. So, number two. So, number one was condoms. Number two, fertility awareness method. I do have a, an entire podcast episode on this already, but we're still going to get into it here. And keep a lookout for 2022. I will be coming out with an entire course on the fertility awareness method and also an even sooner news. Uh, I do have a fertility awareness method slash cycle tracking book available for purchase on my website right now. At the time of this recording, it's not live yet, but at the time of this actual like publication, it will be released on my website. So go ahead over there. You can use code podcast, all lowercase to save a little bit on that purchase, but it's super awesome. I've been working really hard on it. and it's so fun it's like there's no better even if you're like you're not having intercourse like penetrative intercourse at all it's still just the best you search that you can do is knowing your body and knowing your cycle so the main fertility signs that change throughout our cycle that you should be tracking when it comes to the fertility awareness method are number one your basal body temperature two your cervical mucus three, your cervical position, and then four, also just overall cycle tracking. So tracking, you know, the first day of your period bleed, the last day of your period bleed, all the time in between that till your next period, um, and just how your mood fluctuates during that, your cravings, your metabolism, your energy, your creativity, like so many things are changing. So those are what you should be tracking. Again, I'm not going to get too into it just because I have a whole podcast episode on this already and my book that you can go over to my website and actually download cycle tracking charts and basal body temperature graphs and just start tracking it yourself as well as a whole entire course that will be coming out this year. So again, if you are subscribed to our text and our emails, you'll get notifications for all new product releases, all new course releases, as well as this exclusive community that will be happening here very soon. And I'm so excited about it. And with the fertility awareness method, you use it in conjunction with condoms so 
when I'm in my fertile window, we wear condoms. And, you know, again, our risk is different than a couple who's been married for, you know, five plus years and they live in a house together and they're, you know, in their 30s and they would, it wouldn't be the end of the world if they got pregnant. And so we have more risk than them, but we have less risk than a couple in high school or college who you know are still figuring their lives out so again we always weigh out our risk as well so you know take everything that we're saying with a grain of potassium we're just here to like educate you all empower you all and to give you ideas spark inspiration for you know your own journaling and your own thoughts and also for conversations with your partner so using a barrier method for inter any type of intercourse during the most fertile week is the safest thing. Some women who are super, super good with tracking their cycle, they have a shorter fertile window and they have it down to the T and so they know when to abstain from unprotected sex during that time. However, you know, if you are listening to this and you aren't, you know, you just want to be more safe. You want to bank more on the side of being safe. Just do tag on a couple of extra days on the front and back end of your fertile window and do it for a whole week. Again, it's really not the end of the world and you can still have so much connection and play and fun and pleasure. And so with the basal body temperature, you need a specific thermometer for this. This will rest your body's internal resting temperature. So it's super important that you do this at the same time every single morning, right when you wake up, before you've moved even up out of bed. So the slightest things can change your temperature. Getting up to go pee, can change your temperature if you're traveling in different time zones that can change your temperature if you're sick if you're stressed out so many things can you know impact it it's very very sensitive so that's something really important to keep in mind however it is the only like sign that actually can tell you if you've ovulated or not and so your and how you can you know figure this out is because your basal body temperature will increase from about 0.5 to 1 degree fahrenheit we're in the u.s over here so fahrenheit mm. during ovulation and will stay that way for about 10 days until it'll drop like a couple days before your actual period unless you got pregnant then it, it you know that's a whole different situation but let's say you did not get pregnant it will drop back down and you will have your period bleed so it's really cool i have my all women that i work with in my private practice we set them up so that they're doing this for at least three months to see the trends in their temperature and their cervical fluid mucus interchangeable words right there cervical position at least three months to really get this data on you and to start seeing some trends and braxton sees me i put my little thermometer underneath my tongue every single morning oh yeah i got the partner app oh yeah oh yeah so i i use the daisy i have temp drop as well both great brands i'll link them up they're incredible but i prefer the temp drop because you wear it it's a wearable overnight however i need to get by a new more comfortable like armband and one of my followers sent me a really cute one it's like an etsy shop and they have little moon ones and she was like this would be perfect for you and i was like you know me so well so i need to order one of those because I really don't like the standard bracelet that wraps around your arm that comes with the temp drop. So I've just been using my Daisy, which I love the Daisy as well. I do, I would say 50% of the nights I get up to go pee. So, you know, 
I'm very cautious of that and we've been traveling a lot as well we're actually about to leave for a steamboat again and go skiing so I'm very aware that all of these are impacting my my temperature and if you have PCOS or you know you're not ovulating frequently or you have irregular cycles that also is going to impact all of these signs so you know that's just a preface to it's it can be tough to do the fertility awareness method if you have irregular cycles I still say to track everything track your mood your energy track everything to the best that you can try to sync up with the moon phases and just use condoms and have protected sex so don't bank on this method unless you have your cycle down to a T and you've had it down to a T for at least three months. And what else do I want to say about this? Okay, so the positives about the fertility awareness method is that you can use it to get pregnant and you can also use it to prevent getting pregnant once you have your cycle down. Also, the knowledge that you have and gain on your body throughout this whole process is invaluable. It's the most valuable information you could possibly have. It gives you power it empowers you and again just great insights to your body and how you're feeling and how you're doing so downsides are what i mentioned before it may take a couple of months to really learn and get the hang of it all it is something that you have to maintain every single day so i say you know like how you have to take the hormonal birth control pill every single day you need to do these things every single day you know tracking your at least your you know temperature but also your cervical mucus and i didn't even really talk about that so much but your cervical mucus is produced by the cervix you have it all cycle long it definitely is more drier appearing after your period you don't really notice much and then as your estrogen starts to ramp up mid follicular phase it'll become a little bit more cloudier and stickier this is not fertile fluid but as it starts to get more abundant and clear and stretchy almost like an egg white if you put it between your fingers and you stretch it out that is like peak fertile fluid it's really cool to just like kind of, you know, look at what is on your underwear on a daily basis or even stick your index finger up your vagina and, you know, feel around what's up there. It's really cool. And for anyone who's going like, ew, don't have that mentality about it because it is your body and it's actually really cool. There's so much I could talk about cervical <laughs> mucus and how it's like engineered if you want to call it to like maintain a perfect ph of the vagina and to have that ph change when you're you know around your ovulation so that it makes it um livable for sperm and outside of that window it's actually hospital hospitable for sperm even acts as like an uber ride a transport for sperm to get up your cervix and to you know potentially fertilize an egg it also transforms the sperm to give it a better chance of fertilizing an egg and it weeds out bad sperm to protect you from you know bad sperm from fertilizing an egg so it does a lot for us it's really really cool so when it comes to like the effectiveness of this method the fertility awareness method it is about 76 to 88 percent effective with human considering human error so again it could be the traveling it could be the stress it could be you forgetting to take your temperature a couple of mornings it's something that you really need to you know keep on top of and just having a really strong sense of your cycle and where you're at because like I said that basal body temperature is very sensitive to the slightest changes in our biology so again use this with condoms and or extend that fertile window and abstain from unprotected sex I prefer a pen and paper but you can also use an app just make sure that you turn off the ovulation predictor function in your app because these apps some of them are great a lot of them are really crappy there's actually a study done 
and I think it analyzed like 108 period tracking apps and only 20 of them were actually proven to be effective. The study was done back in 2020, so maybe it's increased since then. I haven't heard anything. Um, But that being said, you know, if you want to use it as you know, if you don't want to take a journal and a pen and handwrite it out and you'd rather just track everything within an app, I think that's great. I use my Daisy app. It tracks my, you know, BBT for me. And then I can also go in and add my notes in there. I can add what my cervical fluid was. I can add, did I have sex the night before? Because that produces different fluid that's totally separate from what is produced from your cervix. So, you know, that is super great, but I turn off all of the predictor functionality of the app. So it's not telling me like, hey, you're ovulating right now. It's basing me off of an algorithm and our bodies aren't algorithms. Our bodies change again from, you know, if I had a stressful day at work, my body may be like, hey, we are, you know, we're not going to ovulate right now. So it's really important to just, again, cultivate more self-love and self-care and all of that, whatever that means for you, but also to be very in tune with your body. So what else do I want to say about the apps? Also beware because some apps like a very famous one called Flow, which many of us know about, we're giving away consumers' private information to Google and to Facebook without consent. So make sure that you opt out of that and that you're protected with whatever app that you are using. And another important thing to know about apps, they do not prevent pregnancy. Again, it is a great tool to use at your disposal of tracking everything and to have it all there on your phone so you don't need to carry on your journal with you wherever you go. So I totally get the convenience of it, but they do not prevent pregnancy. They do not prevent STIs. So you know your body best, way better than any other human or especially an app. So let's get into the IUDs really quickly. So IUD stands for intrauterine device, which is inserted into your uterus. And it works by a couple different ways. So mainly it works by thickening cervical mucus to act as a barrier slash plug. Going back to why cervical mucus is so important is, you know, it does all of these things. And I didn't even mention that it literally acts as a plug. So that thick, sticky, tacky, like cervical fluid acts as a plug for your cervix to make sure that sperm doesn't get in there and that no other bacteria or yeast or anything that should not be in your body gets up there. It's really an incredible, incredible thing. And I think so many people shoot it off as like, oh, I'm just wet right now because we're not really taught what it is, which is super silly that we're not taught about what it is. But anyway, it also creates other intrauterine changes that make it difficult for the sperm to get to the egg or to prevent a fertilized egg from or to implant into the uterus by thinning the uterus. So there is the copper IUD, there are hormonal IUDs, the copper IUD specifically, that copper is actually toxic to sperm. And so it is non-hormonal. It lasts 12 years. However, it does still impact your hormones, even though it's not giving you progestin, which is, there's a progestin IUD, that's synthetic form of progesterone. So, you know, when it comes to the cons of IUDs, there's pain at insertion. Also, full disclosure, I did not, I've never had an IUD before. Um, so everything that I'm going over right now is based off research and both scientific research and anecdotal research because I listen to women. So even if something isn't like, you know, proven by science yet, when you have women, the actual users of these IUDs reporting these things, I think it's super important to make sure that we you know, talk about these openly and honestly and non-judgmental. So really rare but potential perforation of the uterus also upon insertion. 
spotting and irregular periods for anywhere from 6 to 12 months post-insertion. And the copper um, IUD specifically tends to yield heavier periods. And also the Mirena um, IUD has been shown to sometimes even cause amenorrhea for users so they may have irregular periods for like the first six to 12 months and then complete loss of period so that is something definitely important to keep in mind i know a lot of us are like oh that sounds amazing i don't want a period anymore but our periods are a sixth vital sign we really need to make sure that we're having a healthy ovulation and period every single 26 to 34 days and the hormonal iud there have been reports of depression weight fluctuations also if you gain or lose weight yourself you would need a new iud or to move your current iud to make sure it's still in place neither the hormonal or copper iud is suitable for those with active pelvic inflammatory disease or uterine abnormalities the progestin IUD should also not be used by the user if they have an, a history of blood clotting or even a high risk of blood clotting and psoriasis or breast cancer. And so other rare potentials, but again, I do just want to go over this. I will have a whole separate series or at least one episode on the IUD because it really gets... There's just some really sketchy stuff about the IUDs that I've had to really kind of dive into like different communities and groups of women who are talking about this because it's it's not like you can go on, you know, PubMed and find all of these because not all of them are actually published articles yet, unfortunately. We're getting there, but a lot of this is anecdotal. So it's women that I talk to who are friends, who are family, who have talked to me on Instagram, who have seen me through my private practice, or me talking to other integrative doctors who have seen patients. So a lot of this is anecdotal, but it is super important that we, you know, make sure that we're talking about openly. Other rare potentials are ectoptic pregnancy, expulsion of the IUD, development of pelvic inflammatory disease, and as suggested for a very long time that the IUD only has a local effect on the uterus. It actually has been proven lately to have an effect on the entire body. So it's not just a local effect on the uterus. It also is on the entire body. We saw that through breast MRIs. Other um, potentials of the hormonal IUD specifically are headaches, pelvic pain, back pain, acne, amenorrhea, which is loss of period, breast tenderness, weight gain, depression, vaginal microbiome disruption, digestive distress we know for impacting the gut in any way, shape, or form that's going to cause a whole host, like a domino effect of symptoms such as acne and bloating and water retention and weight gain and mood disorders, all of the above, ovulation problems, decreased sex drive, anxiety, vaginal dryness, insomnia. So that was a big list. So definitely something to, you know, keep in mind when you are considering the IUD because, you know, no one wants any of those. And again, going back to like the condoms and that whole conversation, like it's worth it to sacrifice a little bit of that skin to skin contact so that your partner doesn't feel that list of things that I just said and that they're actually in the mood to even have sex. So I'll have a whole separate podcast episode on the IUDs because there's so many and, you know, a lot of this information is not talked about and we're starting to talk about it more and more on social media and I love that so much but before this you know podcast comes to an end I want to talk about the hormonal birth control pill so 
Quickly, I just want to emphasize because I've been asked this a lot within the last week and so I just want to do a PSA public service announcement that hormonal birth control does not preserve your eggs. I know a lot of our doctors are telling us that. I was even told that as well. They do not. Why? Because we are not ovulating when we are on the pill and we are suppressing our brain's production of follicle stimulating hormone, hence the no ovulation. And so our ovaries are literally dormant. They're just laying dormant and that is just a recipe for disaster in so many ways, but you know, I just want to emphasize it, the pill does not preserve our eggs. So with perfect use, it is 99% effective and it is 93% effective with typical use. There is an increase of depression, nutrient depletion, weight gain, insulin resistance, lifelong risk of diabetes, increased risk of blood clotting, disrupts your gut microbiome, which we know there's so much associated with that that I mentioned before increase in risk of breast and cervical cancer but to be fair i must mention that it has been shown to be protective against colon and ovarian cancer it can delay fertility so that's something really important to i know for a lot of us are maybe listening going like i have no interest in getting pregnant right now hence why i'm on the pill but it is really important to make sure that we're always taking care of our fertility even if we never ever want to get pregnant because again it's our sixth vital sign and it impacts your liver your detoxification pathways, and most importantly, it's just a cover-up. So if you're going on it for PCOS or endometriosis or acne or, you know, whatever, I feel like everything underneath the sun is, you know, prescribed hormonal birth control as women. So it is just a cover-up, so it'll either worsen your symptoms or perhaps, I guess you could call yourself a lucky one if it actually does cover up your symptoms while you're on the pill, but they'll all come back once you hop off the pill, which you eventually have to hop off the pill. I mean, it's a serious medication. Our bodies weren't meant to be on medications for our whole life. So, you know, when you think about like, oh, eventually I'm going to have to come off and it's actually going to be even worse than before I started. So that's something really important to keep in mind. That's why there are amazing practitioners like myself who are literally here just to help you and support you. You can book a one-on-one with me on our website. If you just go over to the website and click consults, you can book with me. I'm not sure how much longer I'll be doing that for because like I said, I'm rolling out some awesome courses in these exclusive communities where you can really get some, you know, more like one-on-one help um, and answers from me and lives and all of that stuff. So I'm really excited for that community to come out. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to say and emphasize, like, it's your body, it's your choice, it's no one else's, and you should find a partner like Braxton, who is supportive of whatever you want to do, because, you know, I was on hormonal birth control for six years, and I'm still dealing with the repercussions from it, so... I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a very healthy individual, but you know, my gut still flares up here and there because of it all, and I'm still working on, you know, my body's ability to properly detox and, you know, constantly making sure that it's supplied with the right nutrients. My anxiety and insomnia have, you know, I mean, my insomnia has pretty much completely subsided since getting off the pill, but my anxiety still likes to peek in here and there. So I'm getting into some quantum physics now and um, some new forms of, uh, some new modalities of treating and dealing with my anxiety, which again, substantially better. But for anyone who knows me on a personal level, I get very perfect when it comes to health and I'm so in tune with my body and energies and when something's off, I can feel it. But, you know, I mean, for example, 
example, even like sex drive for a lot of women after they're on the pill or any type of hormonal contraceptive, it's just completely like ruined. It never gets back to those same levels as it was pre-pill. So, you know, there are many things that we, you know, can do and adaptogens and herbs that can help with all of that. And again, just being in a, a good partnership with someone who loves you unconditionally and, you know, makes you feel safe and secure. But it's just, we should be given all of this information, you know, the hard facts, I guess you want to say, or more so just like the scientific research and also the anecdotal research that we have to really just take all of that in and go, what is best for us? And knowing that you're not alone and I'm always here for you all. B, do you have anything else to say? No. I guess my question for you is which form of like hormonal contraceptive like scares you the most after me talking about them Mm. probably the iud why it sounds like physically painful yeah like right away oh my gosh i remember like some of my girlfriends in college when they got them in i mean oh sarah even one of our really good girlfriends she was bent over in a hurdle position for 48 hours after insertion and she was like that was the most brutal pain i've ever gone through when this is up i'm getting it removed and i'm I'm never getting it again. Also, if you do have an IUD, they're very easy to remove. You just have to go to a specialist who knows how to remove them. And it's a very easy, quick, seamless process. So if you're wanting to get it out, totally an option. You don't have to wait till the end of the term. But yeah, yeah it's a little freaky. I, I know when I was stopping the pill, I remember talking to my gynecologist and I got the response that... I, I mean, I wasn't surprised by her response. I was a little sad because I'm like, dang, women should be supporting women. Um, but she was not very supportive or re- really understanding of me doing natural family planning. And she really pushed for me to get the IUD. And I already knew about the IUD and I knew I didn't want to do that. But I kind of like played with her a little bit. And I was like, well, I heard that you get really heavy, you know, extreme periods afterwards. Can you tell me why? And she's like, well, your uterus gets really inflamed and your body sees it as, you know, it's a foreign object. So your body wants to expel it. And I'm like, okay, nope, never. Let's just stop talking. I already have made my decision. But, you know, yeah, it's definitely, um, it's more scary. I have met a couple of women who are like, oh my gosh, it was the best thing ever. I got it. It was a little bit painful i had a little bit of irregular periods the first few months but ever since then it's just been so great honestly i feel like just having something inside of me at least with like the pill i knew i was taking it every day not every day i would sometimes forget but with the iud i would just be so nervous all the time like what if it moved or shift and like i would rather just track my cycle and just know where i'm at to me that seems like the most safe bet yeah yeah i just want to say men if you're listening to this like Let's all be allies to the ladies that are having to face these societal methods of birth control that are being pushed on them that really make no sense when, you know, you can track your cycle and wear a condom during a fertile window that's painless, there's no side effects, and it ultimately doesn't lead to any lack of pleasure or connection with your partner. So let's all you know go through this together and support each other and so yeah cheers let's get freaky hell yeah (laughs) and thank you everyone for (laughs) listening and sending you all so much love make sure to subscribe to everything follow on all the socials you know the drill i love you all and until next time peace love hormones hormones. 
Hi, love bugs. Thank you so much with all of my heart for tuning in to another Peace Love Hormones podcast episode. If you feel inclined to do so, please give us a rating and even leave a comment review would be so helpful or sharing on Instagram or sending me a message, any of the above. I love it all and appreciate every single one of you. And don't forget to use code podcast, all lowercase podcast on your order of Soothe or any of the items available for purchase on the Peace Love Hormones website. And also don't forget to sign up for text and email reminders. Much love, Maddie. Thank you.